welcome back to Two Peas in a Podcast, where we are down to one pea, your host, Laura Morrell. A podcast where no conversation is off topic. Welcome back to Two Peas in a Podcast with your host, Laura. And I am so excited for today's episode. Once again, you have me, but we are going to be talking all things, not just binge eating, but just general overeating and not knowing how to stop. And I thought this would be a really good episode because when I talk to a lot of my clients or a lot of women, it's not necessarily the diet that's an issue or the nutrition that's an issue. It's that we can't stop eating and we tend to blame ourselves. So I wanted to dive in here and explain to you, number one, why we overeat and number two, so we can stop hating on ourselves when we find ourselves overeating. Because firstly, it's not you. It's not that you're lacking willpower. It's not that you're lacking discipline. You're not pathetic and you're certainly not a failure. And I want to give you the non-bullshit but science-based on why we overeat, not just what we see on social media. So let's dive into it. And I hope after hearing these reasons you overeat, that you can be more compassionate towards yourself and realize there's a few things that you can do that can really help you overcome this and realizing it's not a personal attribute why you're doing this behavior. So number one, the biggest reason that I see with my clients is our hunger hormones are offline. So our hunger hormones is what tells us that we're full and what tells us that we're hungry. But if these hormones are offline, how are we expected to listen to these signals? So it's a bit like traffic lights, okay? They give us signals to stop and they give us signals to go. So it's basically like giving us signals to stop eating and to eat. But what happens when traffic lights are off? Absolute chaos and madness on the road. That's exactly what it's like in our body. There's no structure. There's no control. There's no knowing when to stop, knowing when to go because they are offline. So there are about five plus one extra really important thing or hormones I like to teach my clients. So first is your CKK. So your CKK, now I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but it's your cholecystokinin and that suppresses your appetite whilst you are digesting, digesting, making your stomach feel physically full. The second is glucagon like peptide one, and that causes reduced appetite. The third hormone is your peptide YY, also known as PYY. That's an acute safe uh, satiety signal released upon nutrition ingestion. So once we have nutrition coming in, it's been shown to decrease food intake. Then you have leptin. And the way I remember leptin is a little leprechaun. There's nothing left in me plate and I'm still hungry. Okay, I don't know. I don't know where the accent comes from. I'm sorry to any any leprechauns out there. But leptin exerts immediately after we eat And it signals to the brain to regulate appetite, but specifically fullness to tell us we're full. And a really cool study they did was on The Biggest Loser. Now, halfway through that study, they tested the the, um, contestants' leptin and it had dropped by about 40%. And at the end, 
they had no leptin left. So this is why 100% of the contestants ended up regaining the weight because they had no satiety. So they ended up overeating again. Ghrelin, and the way I remember that is I'm a hungry little gremlin. <laughs> um, so ghrelin, gremlin, and I'm hungry. So that is what we uh, refer to as the hunger hormone. It stimulates appetite. It increases food intake, and it also promotes fat storage. So we really want to have that regulated. And then we also have stretch receptors. So this is where our stomach, in our stomach when we have uh, food, it detects distension and it will signal that we are full because of that distension. But can I please make a note here? When I see women having low calorie, sorry, yeah, low calorie, high volume foods, why it does not work. And I see so many influencers out there promoting these low calorie bars, like the fiber one is great because it's 90 calories and you've got egg white omelets and then you've got zero calorie this and low calorie that, but they're trying to have volume food. Now that does not work to satiate you. So yes, the stress receptors will detect the distension of the stomach in the presence of food that triggers satiation and appetite reduction. However, all the other signals are offline. So just by having the stretch receptor signal you're full, it's a short-term response. You are going to be hungry after it. And can I say, your appetite will come in hot afterwards. Now, what happens because we haven't had nutrients from uh, enough protein, fats, and carbs, it doesn't signal those other ones I spoke about, CKK, glucagon, peptide 1, PYY, um, peptide YY, leptin, ghrelin. So if we're not getting any of those others, then after that meal, we're not going to have a regulated appetite. So it will make you full short term and then it's going to come back. You're going to be hungrier. But then what happens is if we've had lots of volume, but we're still hungry and have to eat more, it can then lead to bloating because you're going to have digestive issues, but then it can also lead to a lot of GI discomfort because of the volume as well. So the first thing we want to work on is what I like to call a biochemical reset, which is what all my clients go through when they join the program. We regulate the signals. We get those traffic lights back on because that is so important for you to make sure you can know when you're hungry, but also know when you're full. Number two is lack of sleep. So sleep loss also changes the timing and release of appetite-controlling hormones. So that is our ghrelin and our leptin. But the stomach secretes a hormone called ghrelin, and that tells your brain you're hungry. So during sleep deprivation, ghrelin gets released in larger amounts. So we have more ghrelin, which means more hungry gremlins. So as the stomach fills, the body releases the, sati- the satiety hormone. Leptin starts the leptin to start appetite suppression, so that fullness. However, when we are sleep deprived, leptin gets released in smaller amounts. With the changes in ghrelin and leptin levels, not only do you feel hungrier, but once you're full, your body doesn't recognize that it's time to stop eating. The combination of increased hunger with decreased satiation leads to the overeating and unwanted um, weight gain, but also these feelings of oh my God, why am I bottomless pit today? Why can't I stop eating? So when you don't have enough sleep, your body produces less 
and more of certain hormones, and that affects your food behaviors. The next thing as well is with lack of sleep, it increases cortisol and cortisol increases when we are stressed. So often causing an increase in appetite and redistribution of our fat stores to around our waist. So we have cortisol receptor sites around our our lower belly. So if we are getting lack of sleep and we are having higher cortisol, that will affect our fat storage. But of course, that leads to more emotional eating, which I'll touch on in a moment as well. Now, the next thing is our amygdala. This is the emotional center of our brain, and it actually shows increased activity and sensitivity to negative emotions when we are fatigued, so when we don't get enough sleep. And at the same time, the prefrontal lobe, so the prefrontal cortex of the brain, which is really um, responsible for our rational thought, our decision-making willpower is actually less active. So you're more likely to partake in emotional eating because one, your amygdala is downregulated, but two, because you don't have as much control over rational thought and decision-making, you can be more impulsive. So this is why we might struggle to say no to some of the foods. Now, studies have actually shown that even a single night of sleep deprivation changes the level of all these hormones, and it affects the way our brain's motivation centers respond to the sight. So even the thought of food, our pleasure centers are more reactive. So that means if we're getting pleasure even thinking about food, we're more likely to want to eat the food. So when I say calorie, sorry, a uh, sleep deprivation, I'm talking less than seven hours. So less than seven hours has actually been reported in recent studies with higher cravings, especially for high caloric food. So again, I think it's really important to note instead of focusing on being more disciplined or have more willpower to focus more on sleep. Because again, no, no matter how much you try and have more willpower, no matter how much you try and have more discipline, if you've got a downregulated amygdala and prefrontal cortex and lower, sorry, higher ghrelin, lower leptin, you're going to find it so hard. And again, it's not a personal, personal attribute you're lacking. It's your body's working differently. Number three is poor nutrition or uneducated nutrition. And this is really important because we do come from a chronic diet society. We actually don't know how to eat. You know, we we go from, um, you know, our parents or caretakers looking after us, making us food. And then we kind of go to uni or work. And then we're just buying lunch every day, probably drinking a lot more and probably on, you know, not having much of a budget to prioritize nutrition. Then we get in our late 20s, early 30s. And you're like, oh, my God, I've just gained all this weight. Then we start looking at social media and all it is is dieting. So we've never been taught how to eat. But a lack of protein is the leading cause of overeating. Protein is most satiating. But if we don't have enough protein, we're not getting that satiation. But also lack of fats will lead to overeating too because fats are also satiating as well. Now, our our microbiome, which is our uh, gut, so our gut has dysbiotic, which is the bad bacteria, and it also has the beneficial bacteria, which is like the good bacteria. And imagine the gut is a beautiful forest. The good bacteria is the trees and the flowers. The bad bacteria is the shrubs. We want to have a a healthy ratio of 
dysbiotic to beneficial. But what happens with our microbiome is our gut microbiome can actually need fatty acids from fats and amino acids from proteins. However, if we have low protein, low fat intake, then we can actually get sugar cravings because sugar will temporarily satisfy that, but very short term. So once you've had the sugar, you'll be satisfied. And then an hour later, it comes back with a vengeance because it's looking for amino acids and it's looking for um, fatty acids too. So it's kind of like putting, you know, the wrong type of petrol in your car. It might go in, but your car's not going to work. So really important to have the right amounts of protein, the right amounts of fat, but also carbohydrates play a really big role. So having the right protein, fats, and carbs is what is going to turn the hunger and satiation hormones back online. Because as I said, if you're under eating or having low calorie, high volume foods, you don't have the nutrients coming in. So your body is going to scream for more and more and more food until we get that nutrition in because your body will always keep the the score and it's always going to be smarter than you. So you can't tell it, look, here's some fake calories coming in because there's lots of volume. It knows the calories are low in it. So it's still going to call out for more calories. You cannot trick it. The other thing with nutrition is we have to be eating enough as well. Now, a menstruating woman should be eating up to 2,500 calories. And I can tell you, 99.9% of the clients I work with that apply to me are not eating near enough that I would say on average, it's anywhere from sort of 1100 to maybe 16, 1700, but we need to be eating up to that 2,500 calories. So by giving your body what it needs, it'll actually be, we tell you, look, this is enough food. I need more food. It keeps us lean. When you're healthy, your body has this inbuilt mechanism to keep you lean. It will tell you when it's hungry. It'll tell you when it's full. When you exert more energy, you have more hunger. When you exert less energy, you will be less hungry. So for example, on my lower body days, when I'm training quite hard, I'm always hungrier. But then on a Sunday when I'm not training, my calories are always lower because my hunger is just not as ravenous. Number four, Subconscious food rules. This is a big one because when I say subconscious, your food behaviors are dictated by your subconscious. And we have so many subconscious food rules that we need to come out. And again, the framework to intuitive eating I use with my clients, we in the first phase discover all the subconscious food rules coming out. So These subconscious food rules could be like carbs are bad, fats are bad, protein makes you bulky, fasting's better, carbs at night's bad, and so on. There is so many subconscious food rules we might have. And all of these dictate our behaviors. But with all these food rules, just like a teenager with rules, it equals rebellion. And food rebellion is a big one because we have, our brain has like a scarcity mindset. So if you're saying you can't eat carbs, your body's going to want to binge on carbs. If you're saying you can't eat, you know, breakfast until 1 p.m., guess what? You're probably going to overeat at nighttime. So again, we need to understand what food rules that we might have because 
it can become behaviors without realizing. So for example, I have clients when they first start with me and they were like, oh, I just don't eat breakfast. I don't get hungry until 11 or 12. And I'm like, okay, when did that start happening? And usually it's because they started to fast, their body adapted, and now subconscious food rule is they can't eat breakfast before that time. So learn about your subconscious food rules. Number five, constantly restricting. So this is a big one that leads to overeating because one, we don't have the nutrients coming in. And if you don't have enough nutrients, your body will scream so loudly for calories. Lack of energy as well. When you have a lack of energy, your body will actually subconsciously want more highly palatable, palatable, highly caloric foods over lower calorie foods. So if you on the table had a 200 calorie salad, and then you had a not, you know, a 900 calorie meal, which was like pizza and, you know, burger and chips. Your brain will automatically go to the higher, more palatable foods because it knows that's where a lot of the energy is. Now keep in mind, calories is just another word for energy. So although you're demonizing calories, you're just telling your body you can't have this energy. So it's in an energy deficient state or low energy availability. And that's really important to understand because your body will always seek the energy, even if you remove it. And then of course, with restricting, as I mentioned before, food rebellion is a big one. And this is what leads to a lot of the um, overeating all or nothing behaviors, because if we're saying can't have this, you're not allowed to have more calories, you're not allowed to have more carbs. This is what always leads to that food rebellion as well. Now, number six is something I'm so passionate about, and the course I have coming out next year is going to have a whole module on this, which is so exciting, but self-sabotage. Now, I actually don't believe in self-sabotage because when you learn the science behind it, you actually realize you're not trying to sabotage yourself. And this is why I call bullshit on a lot of mindset coaches or coaches out there who tell you to like, um, shut the inner bitch down or, you know, shut that inner voice down or don't listen to it. Like um, one part of you is trying to sabotage yourself. It, it's not what happens. What actually happens with self-sabotage, it's a cognitive misalignment with needs. You have external needs, but then you have internal needs. So an example of this would be you want to have an external need for growth, which is one of the six human needs. I want to grow. I want to overcome my binge eating. I want to have food and flexibility. But then your subconscious need might be certainty, which is like the safety officer. It wants to keep you safe. It doesn't want you to change. So therefore, it creates a behavior like binge eating because it wants you to keep in the same pattern. So now you have two conflicting needs. One wants you to stop the behavior. One wants you to keep doing it. And your subconscious behaviors will always win. Now, I have a whole module on this, so I'm not going to go too in depth. But how this leads to overeating is because if you've got that internal need that is subconscious, it's always going to win out. And this is why binge eating is such a big thing or overeating, because we're not having that need met. So we need, we're having like this internal battle of kind of two personalities. One wants growth, one wants um, comfort and certainty, and they're kind of battling. So we have to 
align these two needs in order to overcome that self-sabotage behavior. But as we're now reframing it, cognitive misalignment. Number seven, feelings eating. And I call it feelings eating because it's eating when we have all these types of feelings. We eat when we're hungry. We eat when we're sad. We eat when we're bored. We eat when we're stressed. So it's not just like stress eating or emotional eating. It's just like feelings eating. We're eating anytime we have feelings. And it's one of our biggest ones because we're actually never taught how to deal with emotions. And I think it's really important, whatever age you're at, to learn how to deal with it. Now, a really cool thing I learned, um, you know, when I was teaching my clients is about the emotion wheel. And the emotion wheel, you can just Google it, emotion wheel, hit on image, click on images, and it will come up. It's a wheel with all these different words you can use to express your emotions. And when I saw a, uh, um, a psychologist uh, last year, I was explaining to her, I'm feeling frustrated. And we dug deeper into it. She's like, but how does it really make you feel? And I kept saying, frustrated. She's like, but what other feelings came out? And I was like, frustration. <laughs> I'm feeling frustrated. And then using that emotions wheel, I was able to actually figure out I wasn't feeling heard. So me thinking, feeling I'm frustrated versus I'm actually not being heard is going to be two completely different strategies to overcome that. So sometimes we have the labeling of our emotions wrong and we need to learn how to relabel that and accurately um, accurately label what we're exactly feeling. And that way we can deal with the emotion rather than that distraction of, sorry, I'm sure you can hear my pop, my um, dog barking. So you can, Baba, this is a real and raw podcast, guys. So yeah, that way you can deal with the emotion rather than using food as a distraction because you don't know how to cope with that emotion. Number eight, and another really big one, is the all or nothing mentality, also known as the black or white behavior, dichotomous thinking. And this is something, again, we really teach in um, our LMW program. And this kind of falls under that self-sabotage cognitive misalignment behaviors as well. This also incorporates a lot of food rebellion because we all, majority of people will develop that scarcity mindset if we are labeling food as good or bad, black or white. So when we have that type of thinking, we're seeing the world in absolutes, which means if we are labeling foods as good or bad, it means as soon as we have something bad, we're self-sabotaging. You're like, oh, well, I haven't been perfect. And perfectionism is another self-sabotage behavior. So another really important thing to overcome um overeating or binge eating is really to remove that all or nothing mindset. And as a general stat, 95% of my clients by week six overcome that all or nothing mindset. So I know it seems like you've had this all or nothing mindset for 10, 15, 20 years, but I promise you with the right learning, the right education, you can overcome this mindset within six weeks And I just want you to, whenever you're listening to this, think about, imagine in six weeks time, which isn't a lot of time, overcoming the massive mindset that has stopped you from reaching your goals for five, 10, 15, 20 years. So it is something with the right education and the right framework that you can overcome. So instead of blaming yourself, your lack of willpower or something that you feel you don't have the attribute for, remember, 
it's not an attribute. It's learning to work with your body and with the right mindset. So to recap, what's really important for overcoming overeating or binge eating is getting your hunger hormones back online, improving your sleep, having the right nutrition. Number four, removing subconscious food rules. Number five, removing restrictions. Number six, understanding your self-sabotage, aka cognitive misalignment. Number seven, learning to deal with your feelings. So feelings eating. Number eight, removing the all or nothing, black or white, dichotomous thinking. So again, you're not a piece of shit because you've overeaten. You don't lack the discipline. It's not because you don't have willpower. It's simply because we need to optimize your health, your lifestyle, and your mindset. So I hope this has given you some hope or feelings of empowerment that you can overcome any behaviors around food. You just have to have the right framework and the right education and the right person on your side. And I promise you, life is so much better when you're feeling in line, aligned with your hunger hormones, satiation hormones, and your mindset towards food. That's how you get food freedom. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Feel free to DM me anything that you feel was really relevant for you and whatever ones that you want to start implementing today. Have a great day, night, morning, and look forward to our next episode. Bye.